Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Bill, welcome back. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, here we are. Another we week, are another again. podcast. There you go. <laughs> So, you know, we have uh, some new things happening on the national stage with a new administration, a new president in the White House, and now a new national COVID testing plan. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that might impact just healthcare in general and testing in the laboratory? Uh, not surprisingly, one of the first acts of the Biden administration was the issuance of what's called the, the National Strategy for COVID-19 pandemic response. It really is a strategy that's beyond just testing, but to really look at COVID-19 in totality. Uh, there's a couple of things that are interesting right from the get-go. It is stated as a national strategy, right? Which is really something that uh, overall the, in the prior administration, the federal government had been playing a coordinating role. This is, I think, more of an emphasis now on a true national kind of approach to managing COVID and was just came out last Thursday. So it's very new. There's a sort of a 20 some page executive summary, which I've had a chance to see, as well as a, a more detailed 200 page document, which I have not. Yeah, well, can you tell us a little bit about what's in the executive summary? Sure. There's seven points that they want to make. Uh, one is to restore trust with the American people. The other is to mount a, an effective vaccine campaign. The third is to continue to mitigate spread. The fourth is to expand emergency relief and also potentially use what's called the Defense Production Act, which we can speak to a little bit. Reopening schools is, is another one that's a, a point of emphasis. Equity uh, in terms of, we've talked about this a lot, but protecting those who are at risk because of their living conditions or ethnic and tribal communities are, are specifically called out. And last but not least is to participate on the global stage in terms of providing leadership globally for response to this pandemic and future pandemic preparedness. So to read it, honestly, a lot of it feels like something you would have seen at the beginning of the pandemics because a lot of the things are ongoing. I think the, probably the, the big changers, if you will, will be kind of the re-engagement on the global stage, number one. And, and trying to get to a national level of coordination, number two. Uh, the thing that, was, that we have seen more specifically around this, of course, for Dr. Fauci announcing that we're gonna be rejoining the World Health Organization. Now, especially as we see these strains emerge around the globe, COVID-19 has taught us how interconnected we are as a global community. So we're gonna have to have a global response to this. And, and others, I mean, we've seen this and you've had this experience with other pathogens like Zika, I mean, which started in South America and was a problem in the US. In that same summer, so or Ebola, which thankfully was not highly transmissible, but we had concerns globally with that, with, even though it was starting in West Africa. So, so I think that's the one thing. The other is a real emphasis on transparency, that uh, they're going to be sharing a lot of information. Well, there's a lot of information out there already from the federal government, uh, more regular updates with data and analytics on COVID and the COVID response. Those are two of the big things that I think we're seeing right away. You know, there's a lot of important points in there. 
I'm personally glad to see as a global response, as you mentioned, this is something we've talked about in on this podcast before and something I see in my practice as someone who specializes in parasites and global health is, boy, these days we are a very highly mobile global society. And like you said, someone could step out of a very small rural area of sub-Saharan Africa, get on a plane, and all of a sudden pathogens travel around the world, just like people do in animals and goods and services. So we have to be part of the global society and be on the global stage for this. Yep. No, as you've taught me, I mean, what you bring back from your vacations is always in your luggage. <laughs> right. Not intentional. Look, restoring travel globally is going to be really key. The whole mm -hmm. idea around trust, I think we've seen some erosion of trust uh, in some of the federal agencies, uh, mm -hmm. you know, looking at the, the even some of the skepticism people have around Operation Warp Speed, which is now no longer called Operation Warp Speed, it's something else, but um, about the speed with which the FDA was able to approve the uh, provide EUA, I should say, for the vaccines. There's just a lot that needs to be done there. There are some other specifics which are interesting. One is the, is again, the funding of vaccines. And the other is there is money earmarked for expanded testing. We don't know yet what some of those things mean. And I think that's a little confusing for people too, is because the real question is how much really changes with this national strategy. That is still to be determined. There's still an emphasis. There's language, you know, I had the opportunity, as you know, to visit with the Pence team at the White House. So there is language in there, like a whole of government response is used in the new strategy, which was also in the Pence strategy as well. There's some things around Defense Production Act to, you know, that's something the prior administration had been using and how much can we really make vaccines? You know, how much is capacity? We saw the same with tests is that we ran into shortages with things like plastics globally, yeah. just plastics. So we don't really know. There's still throughout the need to work with local state governments to kind of get these things like masking and, and, and to roll these things out or create policies. Again, a lot of people haven't thought about this, but uh, the reality is that the approach of the United States federal government is that the practice of medicine really, those rights reside with the states. That's sort of a state's right issue is the practice of medicine. So even though this is called a national strategy, a lot of this does revolve around the practice of medicine. So they will be working with state, with state officials for a lot of these things still. That's good to hear. And, you know, we've been really engaged in Minnesota. I'm a uh part of a, a weekly working group that meets every week to talk about just COVID testing in general. So for those states that are really invested in their local healthcare systems, I think that's going to be good to still have them as an important part of the picture. Oh, I agree. And I, first of all, hopefully this will be a way to share best practices. I think that that was also unfortunately kind of wrapped around the axle of this happening in the context of a national election. So there, there are states. So now hopefully we can get to where there's more sharing of best practices between the different states because you've had the good fortune here to have the state testing program. You've been a big part of it between Mayo and the University of Minnesota, mm -hmm. working with the Minnesota Department of Health. And the other piece of this is uh, coming forward we will see an investment in public health, both in the United States at the state level and globally. You know, we had as a health community globally, we sort of uh, felt like we had worked past a lot of diseases. And so we allowed some of our public health infrastructure to kind of to shrink a little bit, to be completely honest. So I think we'll see lots of, of positives coming out of this in coordination with the federal government at the end at the state level as well. Yeah, well, I'll bring in a little bit more of my parasitology background and just to use as an example how important public health is. People don't realize that we used to have malaria in North America. It went all the way up 
into Canada, and we still have those mosquitoes that transmit malaria. So why do we not have malaria in the United States? Because we have a really strong public health system. But if that were to falter, then we could have malaria again. And it's the same thing with all these infectious communicable diseases we're talking about. The situation is right, and we don't have that first line of defense, you know, in the public health system to track down cases, perform testing, confirm outbreaks, then we could have a lot of different types of diseases back on our soil that we tend to think of as being tropical or exotic. Yeah, it's exotic until you get it. Then it's so yeah. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, no, I think that's right. And, and again, this I think with the focus on equity of healthcare. I mean, again, public health is really about protecting people, and, and we've seen that that we need to do a better job of protecting all people in society. So, yeah, yeah good will come. The U.S. will will be leaders in this, uh, as we have been, you know, in recent history, and in contributing to how. The, the world responds to this. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting time and there'll be real engagement, a different level of engagement of the medical and scientific community now too, I think. So, so lots to come, still lots to, lots to learn. So one thing we have learned in the last 10 years, it can take a while to go from idea to action when it comes to the federal government. So we'll see. Yeah, well, as a scientist, I'm encouraged. I'm cautiously optimistic. And I think that we are gonna get through this together as a country. Oh, I agree. And, we and definitely will get through globally. Yep. I agree as well. 100%. Well, thanks for the updates on that, Bill. And I'm sure we'll be talking about more of the specifics in the future. Yeah, I'm sure we will. As, as, as we learn of them, I'm sure we'll know. So it'll be very interesting, for instance, to see what happens with schools. I'm sure that yes. there's, there's such an emphasis of the new administration about getting schools reopened. So I'm sure there'll be lots of questions around that and vaccines and other stuff and lots of things for us to talk about. Great. So stay tuned, everyone. All right. Talk to you later, Bill, then. All right. See you, Bobby. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.